Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 12 of The Silent Suicide. I'm your host, Jacole Martinez, and thank you so, so much for tuning in. As you know, I start every episode with a dedication to my beautiful friend, Melanie. Melanie, I love you, I miss you, and I hope you're looking down on me, smiling and laughing. I also like to extend a prayer to those of you listening who may be considering suicide at this very moment. I want you to know that you are loved, you are worthy, and you deserve to live. Before we get started with this week's topic, I again wanted to extend a huge thank you to all of my listeners and supporters that are really encouraging me to stay with this endeavor and to continue to post weekly episodes and just really learning more about mental illness. And so I'm really happy that it's been so well received so far. And I'm really hoping that really encouraging those of us that are struggling on a day-to-day basis to reach out and to ask for help. So today I wanted to talk about borderline personality disorder. I continue this podcast for a lifestyle, and we can keep continuing to learn and grow together. So this week, I wanted to talk about borderline personality disorder. Now, the first set of information, I always default to a website from NAMI, which is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. And that is a fantastic organization that basically has the same goals and missions that I do. It helps those who are struggling with mental illnesses to gain knowledge, to solicit resources, and encourage people to ask for help. So I really, really love that website. I hope you guys check it out. Borderline personality disorder is a condition characterized by difficulties regulating emotion. This means that people who experience borderline personality disorder feel emotions intensely and for extended periods of time, and it is harder for them to return to a stable baseline after an emotionally triggering event. This difficulty can lead to impulsivity, poor self-image, stormy relationships, and intense emotional responses to stressors. Struggling with self-regulation can also result in dangerous behaviors such as self-harming or suicidal ideations. Before we get into the numbers and how many people it impacts, let's kind of go over some of the symptoms. People with borderline personality disorder experience wide mood swings and can feel a great sense of instability and insecurity. According to the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual Diagnostic Framework, some key signs and symptoms may include frantic efforts to avoid real or imagined abandonment by family and friends, unstable personal relationships that alternate between idealization, I'm so in love, and devaluation, I hate her. This is also sometimes known as splitting. Distorted and unstable self-image, which affects moods, values, opinions, goals, and relationships. Impulsive behaviors that can have dangerous outcomes, such as excessive spending, unsafe sex, reckless driving, or misuse or overuse of substances. Self-harming behavior, including suicidal threats or attempts. Periods of intense depressed mood, irritability, 
or anxiety lasting from a few hours to a few days, chronic feelings of boredom or emptiness, inappropriate, intense, or uncontrollable anger, often followed by feelings of shame or guilt, and dissociative feelings, disconnecting from your thoughts or sense of identity or out-of-body type of feelings, and stress-related paranoid thoughts. Severe cases of stress can also lead to brief psychotic episodes. So, who is affected by borderline personality disorder? It's estimated that 1.4% of the adult U.S. population experiences borderline personality disorder. Nearly 75% of people diagnosed with this disorder are female. Recent research suggests that men may be equally affected by the disease, but are commonly misdiagnosed with PTSD or depression. Also, borderline personality disorder affects 5.9% of adults, about 14 million Americans, at some point in their lifetime. The disorder affects 50% more people than Alzheimer's disease and nearly as many as schizophrenia and bipolar combined. Now, I've done an episode on schizophrenia and I've done an episode on bipolar. So if you haven't checked those out, be sure you download it and take a listen. Borderline personality disorder affects 20% of patients admitted to psychiatric hospitals, and the disorder affects 10% of people in outpatient mental health treatment. So I was able to find another great website. It's borderlinepersonalitydisorder.org. And they have a wealth of information about this disorder. So again, if you want to continue to educate yourself on this topic, please feel free to jump on that website. So what does borderline personality disorder mean? Historically, the term quote-unquote borderline has been the subject of much debate. Borderline personality disorder used to be considered on the borderline between psychosis and neurosis. The name stuck, even though it doesn't describe the condition very well, and in fact may be more harmful than helpful. The term borderline also has a history of misuse and prejudice. Borderline personality disorder is a clinical diagnosis, not a judgment. Current ideas about the condition focus on ongoing patterns of difficulty with self-regulation, the ability to soothe oneself in times of stress, and trouble with emotions, thinking, behaviors, relationships, and self-image. Some people refer to borderline personality disorder as emotion deregulation. So what signs would someone be displaying if they were diagnosed with borderline personality disorder? Some of the main signs to look out for include threatening to hurt or kill oneself, or talking about wanting to hurt or kill oneself, looking for ways to kill themselves by seeking access to firearms, available pills, or other means, talking or writing about death, dying, or suicide when these actions are out of the ordinary for the person, feeling hopeless, feeling rage or uncontrolled anger, or wanting to seek revenge, 
acting reckless or engaging in risky activities, seemingly without thinking, feeling trapped like there's no way out, increasing alcohol or drug use, withdrawing from family, friends, and society, feeling anxious, agitated, or unable to sleep, or the opposite, sleeping all the time, experiencing dramatic mood changes, and seeing no reason to live or having no sense of purpose in life. Current research has shown that approximately 70% of people with borderline personality disorder will attempt suicide at least once in their lifetime. About 10% of those people actually do commit suicide. This suicide rate is higher than any other psychiatric disorder and in the general population. So as you can imagine, there can be comorbidities that entangle both borderline personality disorder and other disorders. Things like depression, anxiety, eating disorders, substance abuse disorders, and other personality disorders often exist along with borderline personality. The diagnosis is frequently missed, and a misdiagnosis has been shown to delay or prevent recovery. Bipolar disorder is one example of a misdiagnosis, as it, that also includes mood instability. There are important differences between these conditions, but both involve unstable moods. For the person with bipolar disorder, the mood changes exist for weeks or even months. The mood changes in borderline personality disorder are much shorter and can even occur within the day. It was officially recognized in 1980 by the psychiatric community. It is more than two decades behind in research, treatment options, and education compared to other major psychiatric disorders. It has historically met with widespread misunderstanding and blatant stigma. However, evidence-based treatments have emerged over the past two decades bringing hope to those diagnosed with the disorder and their loved ones. So what causes this disorder? Again, this isn't something that you just wake up with one day and you have borderline personality disorder, but there are a couple key factors that researchers say actually cause the disorder. It's not fully understood right now, but researchers agree that it is the result of a combination of factors. So the first one is genetics. If you've caught any of my previous episodes, genetics plays a huge role in any mental health illness. While no specific gene or gene profile has been shown to directly cause borderline personality disorder, research suggests that people who have a close family member with it may be at a higher risk of developing the disorder. And then environmental factors. People who experience traumatic life events, such as physical or sexual abuse during childhood, or neglect and separation from parents, are at an increased risk of developing borderline personality disorder. Now, there are lots of people in the world who have suffered traumatic life events, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to develop this disorder, 
but it's really about not being able to cope with that traumatic event. And it's just difficult to manage emotions and imagine a better way to cope with those certain emotions. And then the last one is brain function. The emotional regulation system may be different in people with this disorder, suggesting that there is a neurological basis for some of the symptoms, specifically the portions of the brain that control emotions and decision-making or judgment may not communicate with one another. So now let's talk about how borderline personality disorder and suicide coincide. The suicide rate is about 10%. People with this disorder are in constant emotional pain, pain so severe that it is often unbearable. Suicide attempts are often maladaptive efforts to make the pain stop and are not wishes to die. Now that's an interesting line. That is an interesting sentence. So I'm going to read it one more time. Suicide attempts are often maladaptive efforts to make the pain stop and are not wishes to die. That's really important to highlight because time and time again, either from experiences and discussions with family and friends, but also my research, is suicide is really very rarely about wanting to end your life. Suicide is about wanting to end the pain. It just becomes so consuming that you just don't want to live anymore because you can't cope with your emotions and you're at a loss. And so it's not like you're wanting to die necessarily. It's just you're wanting your situation to die. You're wanting your emotions to stop. Unfortunately, if someone doesn't come along and rescue them, then they may succeed. And so I thought that that was really important to repeat. An interesting quote from David Foster Wallace is, the so-called psychotically depressed person who tries to kill herself doesn't do so out of, quote, hopelessness or any abstract conviction that life's assets and debits do not square, and surely not because death seems suddenly appealing. The person in whom its invisible agony reaches a certain unendurable level will kill herself the same way a trapped person will eventually jump from the window of a burning high-rise. Make no mistake about people who leap from burning windows. Their terror of falling from a great height is still just as great as it would be for you or me standing speculatively at the same window just checking out the view. The fear of falling remains a constant. The variable here is the other terror, the fire's flames. When the flames get close enough, falling to death becomes the slightly less terrible version of two terrors. It's not desiring the fall. It's terror of the flames. And yet nobody down on the sidewalk, looking up and yelling, don't, and hang on, can understand the jump. Not really. You'd have to have personally been trapped in felt flames to really understand a terror way beyond falling. Suicide is a risk for people suffering with borderline personality disorder that must always be taken seriously. 
one in 10 sufferers with this disease dies by suicide. The borderline personality suicide rate is similar to that for patients with schizophrenia and other major mood disorders. However, schizophrenia makes up 1% of the general population, while personality disorder affects 2-3% to of the general population. The rate of suicide for borderline personality disorder is two to three times greater than that of schizophrenia. This sad outcome is not readily preventable and usually does not occur when the person is in treatment, but when the patient does not recover and or treatment has been unsuccessful. Many borderline personality deaths may be related to comorbid conditions such as substance abuse, eating disorders, or impulsive sex leading to diseases such as HIV or AIDS. The intensity of suicide among patients with borderline personality disorder varies over time. When people with this disorder are acutely suicidal, they may appear to meet criteria for a major depressive episode. The affective or mood symptoms of people with this disorder are different from those of people with mood disorders, which may explain why they do not respond to antidepressants in the same way as people with depression. People with borderline personality disorder seem to suffer from early-onset dysmia, a state of always being blue. People with this disorder are acutely sensitive, particularly to what they consider as painful. They do not have the ability or skills to tolerate this pain in the moment. Suicide attempts by people with borderline personality disorder can best be understood as an impulsive response to severe emotional pain or a way of communicating distress. The object of this communication is usually a significant other, family member, or a therapist. Suicide threats therefore indicate an attachment and involvement with others. Suicide completion may be associated with a loss of connection to others. Unfortunately, hospitalizing someone with this disorder after a suicide attempt is generally not effective and is no assurance that the person will not attempt it again. Once hospitalization is introduced, suicide attempts and admissions can become repetitive, embarking on a suicidal rescue career. If the person is suicidal after discharge, what has been accomplished by the hospitalization? When people are hospitalized for suicide attempts, they enter an environment that reinforces dependence, the very behaviors that therapy is trying to extinguish. In addition, loved ones generally respond with attention and concern resulting in a secondary gain that reinforces negative or harmful behaviors. Hospitalization may also provide social contact for persons with this disorder who have poor social support. The borderline personality disorder person generally receives more nursing care than other patients. Marsha Linhan, who is a doctor, discourages the admission of borderline personality disorder patients to hospitals after suicide attempts. When a loved one has made a suicide attempt, it is excruciatingly difficult for families to accept 
that hospitalization can often be ineffective and actually counterproductive. Families feel it is their role to keep their children or spouses safe. How can not admitting them to a hospital in this emergency situation be appropriate? A family we know has hospitalized their young daughter for 15 months because of an impulsive suicide attempt. Now, again, I wanted to read that to you guys because I think it brings up a good point. For people who are thinking about suicide or planning their suicide, when loved ones find out, they really do run to their aid. The loved ones somehow feel responsible for that person wanting to commit suicide when really it has absolutely nothing to do with the people in their lives. I know that when Melanie took her life, she had it all. She had a wonderful fiance, a thriving career. She was beautiful and funny and smart. So to an outside person, she had the world's best life. But inside, there was something in her mind, something in her emotions that she just no longer wanted to deal with. And all the love in the world from her fiance, from her friends, from her family, that was never going to be enough because what she was dealing with was internal, not external. And so that was something that I just really wanted to point out in this episode because as you can see, there is a huge correlation between borderline personality disorder and suicide. So really, the adage, you can love someone to death, that is up to interpretation on whether that's true or not. People do not take their lives because they're happy. They don't take their lives because they're content. It's actually the opposite. So it's a very, very taboo topic. It's definitely why I wanted to do this podcast because People are really scared to talk about suicide, and I don't think that we should do that anymore. So I hope that you guys learned something from this episode. I know I did. As with every episode, it encourages me to continue to learn about these specific disorders, and this one has really spoken to me, and I'm not sure why. But I'm going to continue to educate myself about it. I'm going to be more sensitive to it. And I just, I feel like this episode for some reason has changed me in a positive way. And I hope that it has for you guys too. So as I end this episode, I want to remind you that being different makes you special. Have a great week.